0: I think Roland O'Gara could be managing the Cork curlers, the Irish soccer team. He could be managing anything. He's got the X factor. To win two Champions Cups with a club that doesn't really have that much of a history in the game. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Rugby on Off The Ball.
1: With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us. Now you're welcome, Max. So, Andy Farrell, as we mentioned there at the top of the news round, has named his 42-man training squad an extended squad for the World Cup. And they will begin in three weeks, June 18th. They will convene at the High Performance Centre and go from there. Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent is with us, freshly back from Cape Town as well. Rory, evening. Hey, Joe. How's it going? A word on Cape Town. I feel like you and Joseph Dweba have contributed the most to Munster's cause this year. <laughs> a lot of motivation, a lot of words spoken and and just, you know, I think, take some credit. You and Dweyba, you added to their efforts and that's uh, commendable. Well done.
0: Yeah, I, I joined them for a, a bowl of humble pie down by the waterfront on Saturday night. Um, yeah, delighted for Munster. It was a, a, what a fantastic way to finish the season. Um, and yeah, to, you know, happy to be wrong, happy, to, very happy to be wrong because it was like a great story to cover. You know, I got to go to Cape Town at the end of the season, which is you know all thanks to Munster beating Leinster in the semi-final, we saved us another weekend in the Viva, and um, just a great occasion to be down down there for. It was uh, an amazing
1: game, amazing uh, achievement by that team, and it was it was brilliant. To be fair, you were far from the only one warning of the very distinct possibility of this season uh, ending up in a very bad place for Munster and it looked that way for a lot of it when did you really detect big change they're onto something good here because it's not a million weeks ago when they were being uh, turfed out of the Champions Cup in fairly emphatic fashion I like it looked like they
0: turned a corner at that stage and then they had this this blip where they conceded a big load of points to the scarlets in the URC, but won the game, then lost to Glasgow heavily at home. And then we kind of thought that was one of those, um, you know, take your eye off the ball moments. And they went to the Sharks. And I do think that heat w- was really bad that day and, and really did affect them. And Sharks played reasonably well, but they kind of played into the Sharks hands, but that felt like they'd gone off the rails a little bit again. Um, but then when they went to the Stormers in that first um that first trip to South Africa and won that game. Um rolled their luck a little bit. Libbock missed some kicks that day and maybe we should have seen that as an indication for the final. But the um there was a real sense that that they'd gotten themselves into a hole and dug themselves out of it then and they were Green Ranch rejected the idea they were in bonus territory, but they they generated a bit of momentum and they backed it up by getting a draw against the Sharks the following week and suddenly they were going into the playoffs with no distractions, what a singular focus with a that you know, those trips to South Africa I brought them together a little bit. They had a bit of spirit behind them. I was over in Glasgow when they won the quarter and I I had a sense at that stage that they they had something about them a, a, as a team. You know, that game was different to the other two knockout games. They they wanted a different way. They had to defend. They, they obviously lost four players to concussion. It was a violent game. It was really, really tough. They got a bit of a rub of the green in terms of a red card for Glasgow. But they the way they dogged it out was cup rugby at its best. And, um, we kind of knew Leinster were going to rest their team for that semi-final and, and that Munster would have a real shot and and, and so it turned out and so uh, there was a it's not about what you do over the 18 games it's about what you do at the end of it really isn't it I mean that this is what Leinster's eternal uh, battle is against that they're brilliant across the 18 games but when it gets to this end of the season you get to write the, your own obituary in some ways and, and that's what Munster have done and look we don't no one thinks they're Finish article, or or you know, will they be automatically European contenders next year? They'll be seeded, but you know, there's still a long way to go in terms of being able to compete with the La Shells of this world. But to win a trophy is to win it, there's only two on offer every year, and it's an mm. achievement in its own. It, it'll stand the test of time, it'll stand alone. And these players have marked it off, it's a it's a great moment for them. So that it's um, to do it the way they've done it, like there's, a, it, there's it's almost a movie script that, you know, to, to come back from the brink twice, um, in the first year of a coach. With the adversity they've had, it's 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 really impressive.
1: It looked like a big time occasion watching on TV. It felt like as big a URC final occasion as there's been. You were there. Give us a word on the game itself. Yeah, the, well, the occasion was. Um, I mean, the Stormers are big
0: business. You know, like they they I, I, there was a lot of bit, bit of commentary about the fact that they sold t- tickets for three three euros a pop, and that did fill the stadium. But they reckon they could have sold it at a much higher price. But they wanted a diverse crowd. It felt a bit like. Uh, a Leinster final crowd when a team that's not inspected to get to the Leinster final get into it and, and and everyone from the village comes up to Crow Park and it's not necessarily a week on week crowd like they weren't they don't have necessarily chance that they go to like the Munster fans would or the Leinster fans would it was very reactive like you know Sweet Caroline comes on everyone sings it was a bit of a Mexican wave it was a bit of a felt a bit like a party a bit of a, a celebration I don't think anyone there apart from the 2000 Munster fans really expected Munster to, to they were kind of Munster were, were there to be slaughtered um but they, even though they threw, up, threw away the, the try in the first couple of minutes and, and started a little bit slowly, the way Munster approached it in the first half an hour, the, the home crowd was fairly stunned, you know, and, and the, the whole media was full of respect and admiration for what Munster do, and it's hard to get the respect of a South African home crowd, you know, um, and as it got on, it got quieter and quieter, and even though Somers got on top and that pitch really works against them, it, like they almost would have had a better chance in some ways at the Aviva because they would have been able to unleash all of their, their attacking weapons, and they're getting it surface next season that's akin to what that we have in the Aviva or in crow park but right now it's a bit of a dog of a pitch so yeah. if you want to step you're in trouble if you want to maul you're in trouble if you want to scrum you're in trouble and that's <laughs> that's the three great strengths of the stormers team but like Munster played the pitch as well played really really well um and it was a proper event and at urc look we cover it week on week and some weeks it's hard to hard to come up with interesting lines to talk about we all, often talk about anything but the rugby because you know, it's been against the Dragons, Zebre. You know, it's it's it. Leinster have won by fifty points again. But when it gets to this business end, and I think the end of the season, this month of May has been really good for club rugby. Even the the EPCR this year, the Champions Cup was a bit of a hard slog given the structures of the pool stages. But the knockout stages and bowl competitions have been magnificent. It's a reminder of what club rugby can achieve when you get good teams playing against each other at full strength, uh, and the final. Like I think it was a good advertisement for, what's, for what Cape Town can offer in terms of having a European final, a Champions Cup final in the next couple of years. Lovely stadium, great city. Obviously, South Africa has its issues. I think you've been there recently as well, Joe. Like you, you know that there are things that they will have to over overcome. But in terms of a, a destination final, a place to go, there's not many better places than Cape Town in terms of all the things it can offer an audience. So it was um, it was really cool. And for t- two thousand or odd Munster fans to shell out to get tickets for a game that was only fixed two weeks ago. Like they, like they, 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 they really deserved a bit of success on the back of having shelled out all that money. It was uh, I heard of people giving up their summer holidays to basically to come over to this game, and, and they got rewarded in the end because some of the kids that were there had never seen Munster win a trophy before.
1: Let's oh. segue into today's news. Then Andy Farrell has named a 42-man train squad for the World Cup, so they will convene at the High Performance Centre on the 18th of June their first warm-up game will be the 5th of August against Italy at the Aviva and then two weeks later they'll play England at the Aviva on the 19th and then August 26th they'll play Samoa in Bayon and then their first World Cup game is Saturday the 9th of September against Romania in Bordeaux so that is the general lay of the land. Uh, We'll get into the squad in a second. I mean I did think to myself I I, I get it you've got to get fit and you've got to get tuned up and there's lots to work on. But um, seven weeks training before the warm up game, they're going in here a full 12 weeks before the World Cup starts, you know, three weeks off. I like it is full on. I There, I mean, there, sure, is, a, yeah. there is a couple of break weeks in that. I so hope you, so. Yeah. You, you do
0: two or, I yeah. think what they do is they do two or three weeks and then they get a week off and then another okay. two or three weeks and get a week off, because I think what they find is if they take five weeks off, the work they have to do to get lads back to, to full fitness it's, it's not much. enjoy it's not enjoyable and it's too much whereas they can actually go and enjoy themselves for a week and, and not lose too much condition. Scotland if you go on the social, the Scottish social media accounts they're back today or back yesterday. South Africa obviously have rugby Championships so they're training it's like Orji R- R- Snyman's gone straight from winning the URC he didn't get home to Limerick he's gone straight into Springbok camp. But um yeah the Scots who are you know finished the season a couple of weeks early are are back in training at the moment. I think Ben Healy's been given a week or two off but it's it does feel inhumane but apparently what these players do when they go on holidays anyways they find the best um, the best available training facility rather than the best pool you know they 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 like they're on a bit of a mission you know they've built towards this for a couple of years they all want to make it we, there are stories over the years of players who've gone off and got married and enjoyed their honeymoon a bit too much and it's you know it's nearly cost them places o- over the years so it's 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 a tough balance and uh, like they they think after doing it so many times they've struck it right albeit you know they've probably got some of the conditioning stuff wrong four years ago, so you'd hope they'd, they'd, they'd have learned for that. But yeah, it does seem it seem like in decent haste for us to be coming. You know, in a couple of weeks' time. But I think they're going to stay away from the media for a little while first, anyway. <laughs> so we won't necessarily
1: be hearing from them okay. because by the
0: end of uh, September, October, we'll have heard from the same group of players over and over again for
1: a long time. Oh, think how sick they will be of your face in particular. Oh, that, yeah, I, I know how sick they'll be. They'll,
0: it'll be there on their face every time they
1: see us. Yeah. So this is probably dreadful radio, but I appreciate people listening have been busy and may not necessarily have been uh, checking the news so I'll just do this once and briefly Uh, here is your uh, training squad Uh, the hookers are Dan Sheehan Ronan Kelleher Rob Herring and Tom Stewart of Ulster he gets in on the props front Andrew Porter Keane Healy Dave Kilcoyne is in ahead of uh, Lockman, Tyke Furlong in Finlay Bealham and Tom O'Toole as for your locks James Ryan Tyke Byrne Ian Henderson Ryan Baird Joe McCarthy gets the nod Kieran Treadwell in as well uh, back rows then: Peter O'Mahony, Josh van der Fleer Caelan Doris, Jack Coonan, Conan, Gavin Coombs and Keen Prendergast. Insanely uh, competitive scrum halves: Gibson Park, Connor Murray, Craig Casey in, and Caelan Blade as well. Out halves: Johnny Sexton, uh, Ross Byrne, Jack Crowley in, Kieran Frawley in centres Bundyaki Robbie Henshaw Gary Ringrose Stuart McCluskey gets the nod and then outside backs James Lowe Hugo Keenan Matt Hansen Jimmy O'Brien Keith Earls uh, Jamie Osborne Calvin Nash in and Jacob Stockdale gets the nod as well so give us the who are we missing there that caught the eye a touch I know in a 42 man squad there's not going to be any um, massive shock I suppose
0: yeah, well, I think the first thing to note before we go on to the people who are missing is, the, is that this is a very strong 42-man squad. It's They could have gone with a bigger number. It could have gone with 45. Slightly surprised that there's only six props because that probably means that with a 33-man squad going to the World Cup, those, all six of those, if they're fit, will go to the World Cup. They're almost... Unless there's a, either an injury or someone's brought in from the outside, those six players are, are, are going to go because okay. they're going to have that many props at the World Cup. Um, in terms of who's missing, there's no... Major headline. I suppose Joey Carberry, although we expected it, is still very notable considering he was in the, the, you know, he started a game in November and up until the Six Nations squad being announced, he was still considered Ireland's second best out half and he just dropped off a cliff. So that's not a surprise, but I think it's still worthy of, of, of comment no, it because is. His, like, his descent is just amazing. amazing. It's hard to, so, to count.
1: I'm not misremembering here. At the start of November in Nationals, he was very much Ireland's number two. Yeah, come off the bench against the Springbok, started against
0: Fiji, um, and then he got injured and Jack Crowley started and Ross Byrne came off the bench against Australia and Ross Byrne kicked that goal. He was still Munster's out half through the European Games, then got dropped for, for the Six Nations squad. I think he continued as Munster's out half a little bit beyond that and then Slowly but surely with Crowley having played 12, Crowley has taken over. Then Heedy got on the bench for the knockouts and he's finished the season, you know, running running water for Munster and not in the Ireland World Cup squad. And just, you know, there's talk that he's got a couple of offers on the table from France, but there's, you know, Munster insisted that he'll be there next season. But it just does seem like he's at a big career crossroads. So that's, he's the big omission, bigger yeah. picture in terms of Irish rugby. Him and maybe Jordan Larmour, like two of the most exciting young talents. Of their generation five years ago. Now, no one would have said after 2019 that those two players would be jettisoned. You know, I think we were all writing off the older players, but actually, those two and like Stockdale's made it. But Stockdale's very, was I'd say he was one of the really close calls. If you think Robert Balakun's been left out, Shane Daly's been left out, despite his exceptional form for Munster. I thought he'd get the nod. Calvin Nash gets in, which I think is, is merited. Thought Daly was really good. And both Nash and Stockdale, or oh, sorry, Nash and Shane Daly because of the way Munster play, play play a very Ireland style where where it comes to your wingers. They come off their wing, they look for ball, they were very good in the air in that final. I think... I suppose the big talking point is maybe we didn't get a red wave on the back of Munsters Munsters run. Some people, maybe like recency buyance, you know, a lot of them haven't been in a lot of squads and, and Ireland do put a lot of store in how much time you've been in with them because you know their system. And if you're playing catch up at the start of a World Cup, they can't necessarily get on to the work that they want to do if people are catching up. I think Jean Klein is very unfortunate. He's never been in an Andy Farrell squad. So that what I just said is um is very relevant there. And I think that's the reason he hasn't made it. I think on form He should be ahead of Kieran Treubel and Joe McCarthy. McCarthy's just back from injury. Didn't make the Leinster squad for the European um, Cup. He was on the bench for the Munster semi-final. Um, A huge potential player but in 2023 you're not really picking on potential. You should be picking on what you can do in the here and now. We've seen John Klein develop his game in the last year. He was a controversial call four years ago because he'd never played for Ireland and he got parachuted in ahead of Devon Toner. I think he'd be very justified call if he was in there now he's been one of the players of the season and he, he can be feel hard done by um but he just has never been in a squad never trained with Ireland in the last four years and just would have too much to do to catch up is, is the word of, that I've heard um Kilcoyne ahead of Lockman is a big call because Lockman lockman has been picked for Munster and Kilcoyne hasn't been in their, in their 23 for their big games recently um I think John Hodden it was a shout but and there's no cover for Josh van der Fleer you know there's no like for like seven to come into this if Van der Fleer gets injured. Same with Hugo Keenan. There's not really a like for like. You're looking at Jimmy O'Brien or Matt Hanson. Could Mike Haley have gone in there? At just, you know he's in the same boat as probably John Klein and John Hodnett. But really, there's no massive headline call. Like there's no there's no one there that you'd you can make a case for any of those. Mm. But really, you're talking about players who are who are battling for. for for those spots in the 33 you know there's nine players from that squad who are not going to make the world cup in france and and the players that i'm making a case for are very much in the on the cut line within that squad if you know what i mean so yeah. i think you know there's no one there's no outrageous call that's left us all shocked here and, and we never expected there, there would be either
1: so if sexton burn crowley and Frawley, they'll bring three I would think so, unless
0: Crowley's brought kind of as a hybrid, he can play fifteen and twelve as well. Um, so can Crowley. So you know maybe they're battling for the same spot. Although it feels like Crowley's pretty much cemented his place in the in the squad over the last couple of weeks. And um, obviously you, you still got to perform in the warm ups. I think yeah, you're looking at dropping a a scrum half and out half to take three of each of those because that's gone up to thirty three. You can do that. Last time, the last two World Cups, Ireland have only gone with two scrum halves. We've had. Ian Adigan covered uh, Scrum half in the 2015 World Cup I can't quite remember I think Carberry was down As a, fi- as, a as as a a Scrum half as well In, in 2019 So that's right. what Joe Schmidt did To try and make the numbers work for him And they'll carry an extra prop um, So I think the back five of the Scrum You're going to lose a couple of bodies there You know, Keen Prendergast Gavin Coombs will need to have Big pre-seasons to get themselves on the plane Like when you look at um, that
1: back row of If if Coombs and, and Prendergast Might be the two to go I mean Peter O'Mahony, Josh van der Fleer, Dorris, Jack Conan. I mean, and best R- th-
0: and, and, Ryan and Ryan Baird as well in the
1: mix, you know, yeah. so. so like best to luck getting in there, anyone? Yeah, I mean, you, you
0: are going to have to have an extra body just to cover injuries and, and to, to rotate the squad because you have, you know, from the, so for, sorry from the Scotland game you're week on week but yeah it's it that's settled you know if you look at the Ireland I have a, a spreadsheet of our, all Ireland selections over the last couple of seasons like that combination is just it's locked in those four players rotate in and out with, with, yeah. within you know that's that's really settled I mean he's quite if you look across he's got a very st- strong pattern across his squad there's actually 18 of the 23 who were involved in his first game as Ireland coach in 20, uh, 2020 are in the squad are in this 45 man squad two of the ones who aren't are retired one's John Cooney one's Jordan Larmer and then Andrew Conway is injured so you know he has been quite consistent he's he's kind of layered things on as he's gone but you know you can see the plan as as it's gone on over mm. the kind of it's as it's developed over the, over the World Cup cycle and that's why there's not necessarily sure bolters are a good thing in a World Cup year sure it might mix things up and mm. shake things up but like all the players are ready to play for Ireland you know they've all got the experience of training with them
1: yeah you mentioned Larmour there there like, there was a point a- couple of months ago where it looked like he'd had a good game or two, that he might force the issue, but he never managed to break into Leinster's starting side. So ultimately that puts paid his chances. Of the outside backs, so James Lowe, Hugo Keenan, Matt Hanson, Jimmy O'Brien, Keith Earls, Jamie Osborne, Calvin Nash, Jacob Stockdale. How many will be cut from that group?
0: it's a couple there to cover a couple of positions. Um... You gotta think that Stockdale sorry that, that um Hanson Lowe and Keenan are the starting back back three for you know the 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 summer tour of New Zealand and the Grand Slam. So you're they're locked in. Yeah. Jimmy O'Brien covers the entire back line. He's and he was on the bench recently, so you've got to think he's he's very confident to going as well. Um like Earls has an awful lot of um Credit in the bank. You know, he's a really... It's more than being a good tourist. He's a leader. I think a lot of the young players and all of the other players feed off him. I think he's a great trainer. If he's fit, I think he's got a very good chance of going. I think Farrell will be quite determined to get him to 100 caps if he can. Not just out of blind loyalty because, like, he is Keith Earls and, and he, you know they value a lot of what he brings to the table so I think they'll get him there if they can although he isn't you know if he's picking up injuries and breaking down it's got to be hard for him but we saw even in, in the end game on Saturday how valuable he can be so you're looking at Osborne Nash um, and Stockdale am I missing someone there um, they're probably battling it out with Earls for a final
1: spot yeah, no, you're, you're not missing um, anyone there so it's yeah, Earls like, Osborne Nash Stockdale
0: yeah I think Earls is probably coming in just ahead because of who he is but like they obviously like Osborne he wouldn't be going into that squad as an uncapped player unless they thought he had something to offer and they obviously re- like there's something in Stockdale that they see even though we haven't seen it necessarily
1: on the outside he, for he a did long look, time um, like he didn't it wasn't like he lit it up but I did think in that uh, recent game against Leinster he looked sharp in the like the few moments he was involved here or there because certainly yeah. the, ni- the night at the RDS against New Zealand uh, he didn't it just it was mm. it, it was just like a very passive performance and I'm I, I, thought that could be him in big trouble but uh, sharpened up as the season went on like Osborne it's again to, to further your point it is worth reminding people he was injured in March did his ligaments he's only 21 he has started two Heineken Champions Cup matches a um, bunch of URC games can play centre wing full back but you know 21 years of age hasn't played since March They, as you said they obviously rate him to be bringing him in
0: yeah, and you like remember how excited we were about him and you know, what Andy Dunn was talking about when he was when he was talking to you here about when he was playing in Champions Cup games a couple of months ago. They've... There's clearly an awful lot of potential there. And maybe this is one, like Andy Farrell has signed on for another two years afterwards. And maybe he's looking at getting one or two players in, get them training experience with the wider groups, let them know what training for a World Cup is like. And then, you know, off you go. Obviously, Osborne will, will see this as an opportunity to make this World Cup. And maybe this is the the chance for him or a Joe McCarthy, you know, to kind of freshen things up and, and, and add an extra dimension to what Ireland do. But it's hard to see it at this remove, but we've seen in other World Cups, how a player can get momentum through the warm-ups, can, can train really well. Even Stockdale, if he if he goes away now, which are, his season's been over for two or three weeks with Ulster, so he's had a chance to have his holiday, get into the gym, get a good training program. We saw Ben Healy went off and trained with the NFL players last summer. So there's, you know players can go off and, and, and put individual training programs together, but come back as fit as they've ever been and and really hit the ground running, and like we all know, that Stockdale, you know, he was on track to be Ireland's record try scorer at one stage in his career. Like he, you know, he broke Six Nations records when he started. He had a horrible 2019 World Cup. He's had a couple of injuries. His confidence has been shot at different times. But you're right; he played his way back in in that um, in that Leinster game a little bit. But um, I think it's still a big leap of faith to yeah. pick him ahead of some of the players that have been picked. But in terms of um, Osborne, yes, there is a chance for him to come like a. Connor Murray in 2011 is probably the prime example of a player who came in late and and had a good end to the season and bounced into a World Cup preseason and ended up playing a massive role at that year's World Cup. So there is, you know, it does seem like a long shot at this stage for Osborne, but he's he's exciting and, and you know, he will probably train very well and push the players ahead of him. You know, I think someone like Stuart McCluskey is probably in a bit of trouble because he only plays one position and there's got good competition in terms of Bundyaki and Robbie Henshaw and if they're training well it's hard to see how you get him on a plane even though he has had a big influence this year so you know if you're a one position player and you're kind of second or third on your pecking order you might be in a bit of bother
1: True well look if there's one guarantee between now and the 9th of September it's that there will be injuries uh, plural right across the board so things will change Rory thanks Mill. Cheers Joe Cheers Rory O'Connor there from the Irish Independent on Andy Farrell's 42 man training squad they will Convene at the High Performance Centre on the 18th of June and go from there ahead of the World Cup on September 9th. Rugby on Off the Ball is with thanks to Vodafone, Ireland's most reliable mobile network and proud sponsor of the Irish rugby team. Rugby on off the ball. With Vodafone, main sponsor of the Irish rugby team. We all belong to the team of us.